Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Hum After Dark After Show podcast, where today we sat down with Maddo to discuss music and uh, her journey into radio. Enjoy. Uh, well, cheers, guys, with our cheers, tea y'all. at 11.30 a.m. What is today? Cheers. March 25th. 25th. Here we are. To the house and sip. Don't burn your tongue, though. I know. I'm like, uh, it's good. It's, it's good still tea. really hot. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. this the is tea? An, well, talking to you. <laughs> the tea, too. Okay. Tea time. Yeah, but this is uh, the After Dark After Show, so people listening to this will have seen your live performance here at Station 8, which was excellent and awesome. Thanks so much. That was really great, and um, I, I've been so excited because a lot of these people that I sit down and talk with, I don't, you know, I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring them out, but we have a little bit of history. It's been a while, sure. but we definitely have some history, so... I know a little bit about about your journey and kind of, you know, what's happened in the past here and there. But I would love to like, you know, fill in the blanks and see. Sure. Yeah, this approach, you know, in this conversation is different in a sense too because I know that this DJ thing that's happening is kind of a newer endeavor. Yeah, in, in your journey, I don't even think it was on my radar when we were we knew each other, which was what 2007, 2018. No, it was. I mean, not. Yeah. 2017 excuse me yeah i was like 12 then no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> oh god i was still listening to no, emo um, uh, oh, you know we all were, we were in high school you know doing right. what we do doing what we but do. uh but yeah i was like we what local was what 2016 17 when i was building the house i think yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. Was, yeah good times right something like that something like that <laughs> so where were y'all working at together uh we worked two places together yeah we were at local uh on the square in overton square yeah mm-hmm. it was a while back too. and I think I started working there first, and then you came, mm-hmm. and then For sure, you were there longer. You actually went to the kitchen first because mm-hmm. we had both known Drew Wooten, and then he was running like the cocktail program, and nice. then Drew was kind of just ju- I mean, little Brad jumped ship, and then I was like, hey, I'm going to apply to you. Yeah, it worked nice. out. It was cool. It was, awesome. it was a good experience, and you, got, yeah, you did quite well there. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I was managing at one point. Well, so we're getting ahead of ourselves. We yeah. got to rewind here. <laughs> you, you have, uh, yeah, you, you've had, I, I, I view you just from our conversations, even back at Logo as a very like cerebral and person that really spends a lot of cerebral time. Cerebral is a good word. <laughs> yeah, and reflection and just you're, you're a very thoughtful and, and considered individual. Thanks. Um, so I think a lot of that is, is natural to you, but I also think a lot of that has probably just been from, you know, life experience and how you. Trauma? You've, <laughs> and how I mean, you, I'm not how, kidding. And how you've, uh, you know, translated that into something like good and you know positive and, and not always but you know yeah. you know in time but let's let's like you know let's rewind the tape and, and maybe go back to what's your history in memphis let's start there uh, how'd you get well, here i was born here so i grew up born out, and raised yep born and raised a, baby <laughs> ain't never left <laughs> um yeah i was born here and grew up out east in lakeland and went to school there and then my parents divorced and so my mom moved out here, like East Memphis-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. How old are you? Uh, 12. Okay. So I came there and then I went to private Catholic high school, which was interesting because I never really had a religious background. So that was like, what the? Mm. But yeah, I just went there for high school and then I went to the University of Memphis for college and studied psychology and yeah. You had some, I guess, a little bit of like interest in neuroscience and things of that nature. 
yeah. in that process? Yeah, I was like an engineering major and then I got really depressed. And I think that was just because I realized that wasn't for me. I think I was mm-hmm. trying to live up to these expectations of being really smart and making a lot of money and it just wasn't my thing. But So why? Why did you decide that those standards were arbitrary? And didn't actually mean anything. I don't that's, know. That's I a just, big life shift. I mean, a lot of people don't know oh, yeah, what they want to like, do. Depressed and had to withdraw from school for like for a semester. Um, I don't know. I think I just knew in my heart. I think that was the time I started smoking weed too. Mm-hmm. I think I just knew in my heart I wasn't interested in that, and I didn't understand physics, and I was so frustrated, and it kind of just all happened. Like I think I was, remember reading about psychology on Reddit and I was like, whoa, you can make a career out of this. This sounds cool. And so I started, uh, I switched majors and then I started making A's and I was like, oh, well shit, this nice. is, I'm assuming I can curse, right? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you can't talk about weed either, by the way. <laughs> yep. I'm just kidding. Cut oh. that shit out. Her <laughs> face got like, so oh, serious. No. <laughs> I ruined the podcast. <laughs> no, that's great. That's yeah, awesome. This is about being real. People from Memphis doing real things and you're one of them. Yeah. I smoke. Well, past and smoked weed, but uh, yeah, so I started really doing well in that field and I was like, oh, this is great. And then I was like, well, I don't really want to be a counselor. So, oh, there's a whole research side of things. And I love reading. I love writing and science and like biology. And so all that stuff was really fascinating to me. And then it became where I needed to apply for grad school. And I kind of just like froze. I think, I mean, definitely like paralysis from fear and just making serious, sorry, I'm like hearing my voice, uh, making serious life changes. So of course that is like enough to paralyze you. But I think again, in my life, I was like, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing. And so at that time I was like, well, I'm really interested in like the research that has to do with meditation and understanding what's happening with your brain while all of that, like all the changes that are happening and what's actually happening while you're meditating and the skills that give, uh, that you get from all that. And so I guess I started, that's when I started taking a more spiritual approach and I couldn't pick out a program. So I think that was like part of it. They're just, there's a lot of, universities doing research on meditation and stuff but i just i don't know i just the idea of being locked in a laboratory with no windows working on animals or people and that just didn't seem cool to me and i had taken a yoga class my last semester of school so i was just like uh i don't know there's something more Mm -hmm. and so then i couldn't figure out what i wanted to do so in comes the restaurant industry yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, we live, you know, especially our generation where a lot of us felt extremely pressured to go to college and, and fit those, you know, you know, the just live the expectation of our parents and the generation before us to go and get an education and do these jobs. And I think a lot of us um, proceeded down that path, even against, you know, the better self-awareness or the ideas of, oh like, yeah, you know, and that kind of, you know, at that time in your life that, you know, it, it can work out, but it can also yeah. take away a lot of opportunity to understand yourself at a time where you're developing the most yeah. and it's, it's interesting to see that you know you had the opportunity even to keep going down that path but you chose not to like did that come from yeah. a particular place or was it just truly like i want to be happy uh what's the other place besides being happy? i guess just going down going to grad school like going pursuing that path because you because it's what you're quote supposed to do 
You know what I mean? Like you didn't do it. You know, you chose a different path. Yeah, I guess I just realized I, if I really wanted to go, I would have made it happen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think for a lot of my life, fear has been the driver. And so, I mean, reading all these people saying, well, don't commit to grad school if you're really not into it or blah, blah, blah. And just, mm-hmm. it just seems seemed like things weren't lining up perfectly. And I, I don't know, it was just like this feeling, like, I guess my intuition was telling me, don't do it. Good for you. I think that was, it couldn't have been too long before you and I met. So that you said in in came the service industry. So how did you go from where you just described into that world? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I think when did I graduate? Yeah, I graduated 2015 and that's when I started at local. So I think I was working, I guess that uh, last year. I mean, it was okay. I feel like people pleasing has always been in my nature and doing things for others has always been one of my principles and it was just easy. And like, I mean, you know, memorizing orders and trying Mm -hmm. to do things in a really fast pace is like, it's not easy. And so I feel like it was enough mental stuff happening where my brain was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. Order priority and just efficiency and understanding, but also communication, not only with the people you work with, but with (laughs) The people you're serving. Exactly. In. It's just such an such an underrated skill. Like everybody should really I was about to say work everyone in the industry. Needs to work in industry just give it two months. In their life. Yeah. Did you, two months. Did you exactly. Drew? I worked at three guys pizza pies hey. for like <laughs> two years. Do you hate pizza? Like no, I love pizza. Okay. And I honestly miss working there just because the camaraderie of the servers and the cause I actually started as a server and then I was like, I can actually cook too, because they were low on cooks. And so I started cooking and actually moved up to management by the time I was done. But I would go in the mornings and prep and do all the prep work and then serve at night and just like work like four doubles a week and then Yuck. take the rest off. But yeah, I <laughs> yeah. missed that, man. It was fun. It was real fun. It's definitely a different kind of grind. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but so obviously that's a big transition, especially being at local, um, going from from the college route to being in the service industry especially you know that was like Urban square was that was the height you yeah. know like it, yeah it still is but oh, yeah, definitely. you're in the thick of it and yeah. how, how did that experience as you went through that how did it impact your life and, and and influence you um well yeah i think it was still i hadn't yet made that decision that i wasn't for sure going to grad school because i think i do remember my days of managing at local and i'm like typing out my cv and like figuring out and I think I was still I think I did I worked in a research lab so I like fed and weighed rats at Memphis um, and I was still doing that I think until 2016 so yeah uh, bartending gave me a backbone that I had always wanted so that was pretty cool I think learning how to deal with drunk people (laughs) at 20 what I don't know I can't remember how old I was I guess like 21 22 I mean that's a real surefire way to learn how to Stand your ground and tell yep. people to fuck off. That's very true. So, did you consider yourself pretty timid in your life leading up to that? Oh my God, for sure. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I still like toggle back and forth between being timid and assertive, but yeah, it was cool. It was cool seeing that change in myself and kind of stepping into this co- more confident, assertive person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew you obviously were on the service end on the front end, but I feel like. Um, as you progress through that industry, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like there was a time that you really, you were like, all right, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to be for real. And I'm going to read the books. I'm going to move into management. I'm going to understand the inner workings of how everything comes together and be a part of making a picture whole. And I think, 
what, tell me, I guess I can't have an idea, but is that accurate? And if so, like what part of your journey in the service industry was that? Uh, that would probably be more the kitchen because I think at local, it was kind of, I don't know if it was like an obvious next step or like, Hey, we really need you <laughs> help us. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think it was, it wasn't really my choice at local. And I just mean not my choice, just like, I guess not my first choice. Right. Like, I, I think they needed more management and, you know, I have trouble telling people no. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, when I uh, worked at the kitchen, I think I was really interested. I just really enjoyed like the vibes that Ken, our GM had, and he, he practiced Buddhism and, you know, like that was like, mm -hmm. whoa to me. So I was just really inspired by kind of what his inspirations were and how you can tie all of that into being a good restaurant leader or person or coming back to this idea of like genuinely serving others right from like the bottom of your heart and not yeah. not like here's your hamburger yeah yeah that was a place that just the environment alone the atmosphere and the view and everything really encouraged uh, you know, a true experience. I think I think it's easy for people to dismiss like the service industry in a lot of ways, but what you're really doing is building a platform in an area and a space for people to come together and talk and make memories. And especially at a place like that, people are going to remember it oh, yeah. when they go in there, regardless sure. of definitely you know food or anything else. But being able to to pair yourself with that, I think, lended itself to a really you know just unique chance to to do something really special. And you were managing that process. Yeah, I definitely learned how to communicate and how not to communicate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I think one skill. of the cool things that I remember was just how reframing the server experience to realizing how empowered you can be because you're basically like controlling the experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I mean, it doesn't have to be like manipulative controlling or coming from a malicious place, but I think if you, you just have a lot of power and, creating a great experience for someone so you can like literally change their psyche like change their mood change their perception change their feelings and that was really cool to me that you can do so coming from a kind place mm -hmm. yeah that was just a cool way i realized to look at it mm -hmm. yeah that's really awesome i like that I like that a lot yeah and i know in that process too you obviously just built connections in your network and in, in memphis tennessee and uh did yeah where did that take you from there? Oh, sure. So one of the managers, Kate, had always talked about opening her own wine bar. And so... Shout out, Kate. Shout out, Kate. <laughs> Knifebird's awesome. And yeah, it was just my time to go at the kitchen. It had been a year and a half and management had changed. And mm -hmm. so Drew had uh, gotten me a job at Interim. And well, I mean, I got a job at Interim, but he facilitated Part of that it. network. Right, the network. Mm -hmm. And so I was at interim for <laughs> an interim time. And I think probably like six months, September to April. Uh, and then it, it was kind of just waiting for Kate's place to open. So I helped her get that ready and open and started service there. And that was cool just because she was one of the managers who gave a shit and cared about doing things in high quality and mm -hmm. taking care of others. And I feel like there's a lot of just like lacklusterness and like service industry and like, I don't know, quality products and quality service go a long way. And so doing that at Knifebird was just really cool and really inspiring. And like I said earlier, just giving people a good time. 
mm-hmm. um, that was cool. So I was like head bartender there. Yeah, I was so impressed. I, I, I was on a two-year hiatus, which unfortunately I got brought back in the middle of the pandemic. So I only got to go once um, while oh, I was yeah. gone since it opened. I think you were out of town. I, I barely I missed you. I saw Olivia. But, yeah. Um, it was incredible. I mean, it was a really nice space. Uh, yeah, she did a great job. Great. Yeah. yeah, all the wine there is so good. Have you been, Drew? Mm-mm. You got to take Lauren. Yeah, I'll, I'll teach you how to hold it. It's across pinky from out. Rail Garden. Oh, I know about the pinky. Okay. Yeah. The pinky. He's getting defensive. Oh, yeah, man. He's got class, Swirling, in other words. Sniffing. Oh, it's LOL. A little oaky afterbirth. Yeah, afterbirth. I, mean, I, I know about the whole thing. <laughs> afterbirth, everybody. Just in case you want to sip the afterbirth. That was actually an office, um, office uh, reference, unfortunately. No, it wasn't. Um, um, yeah, so, all right. We'll just change something. there. I'm like, so, that's bringing back weird memories. <laughs> so okay so nightbird that was i feel like uh that was maybe the last chapter um in in your in, in the your, restaurant in your journey yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh i had i guess like rewind uh when did i start my podcast i had always been thinking about wanting to do a podcast and you know as i talked about like i wasn't really fulfilled in the academic route that was available to me and i just wanted to I guess, make a difference in people's lives. And I've always been interested in like personal growth and self-development. And so I think I did the podcast in 2019. So that might've been, and I get my ears mixed up, uh, but whenever I started it, I had been doing that and I was like, well, maybe I can monetize it, but I didn't really know how. So that had been happening. I feel like I'm just losing my place. Um, I guess like so so after after Nightbird you had ambitions to basically take yourself out and everything that you had gathered and learned and find a way to yeah. basically encapsulate it in your interactions with people and that presented itself maybe in the forms of different media because I know you yeah. do a lot of things but your podcast was maybe that initial Yeah, like thought. I knew I knew that the restaurant industry wasn't like my last stop. Like mm-hmm. I knew that wasn't what I was going to do. I think it's been a huge help in creating the person that I am today and giving me such a great background in customer service and serving others. But yeah, I had had, I guess, yeah, my podcast happening alongside. So I guess I had that. I'm trying to think. Uh, Cause COVID was 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one year ago, yep. I know it's so weird to think about. Damn near to this day. Yeah, one, yeah. March 16th is when I lost my job. yeah um, i had like just taken i had taken off and i was like i don't think i want to go back to work before they're shutting down so Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah so i had the podcast happening and then i had played my first show djing i guess that kind of just comes i want to let's let's, let's rewind a little bit because i want to ask what you said earlier to clarify uh the podcast how did that serve as kind of a bridge between like what you felt like you missed in academia and also mm. what you had gained in the service industry. Like how, how was that the bridge sure. in your mind before the DJ, before anything yeah, else? Yeah. Okay. So I think, yeah, that goes back to me not wanting to do counseling. I think that's a great profession and it's great if you want to sit and help others work through their problems. I think I'm kind of in my interests was where 
people were like ready to take the next step. So I figured I didn't really, I'm a patient person, but I don't think I have the patience to sit with others while they process. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that reflects poorly on me. I think I just am interested in a different part of the process. Sure, for sure. So not finding a way to, I don't know, use my gifts in a counseling position. I was like, well, I learned about like life coaches and I think there's still a little... They seem a little woo-woo, like the certifications, like you don't technically have to be certified to life coach someone, but it's like, want. I mean, I feel like people will trust you more. But yeah, I started seeing that as a different life path. And so by starting the podcast, I guess I was just, oh, I feel like my story's like all over the place. So I had Sorry. also started a blog and I think that's what... Was that before what, the podcast? Yeah. So, okay. So I, I remember s- this. Now that <laughs> we're talking about it. I think so. You're like, ringing the bell. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a I lot. I forgot it's all about it. See, this is, this is why it's great to talk and, right? because there's so much to say. I know. I like haven't gone through my journey like sorry. this specific. <laughs> Not sorry. No, don't be sorry. No, it's cool because it's like I haven't thought about this stuff. But mm-hmm. I actually... Okay. I studied abroad in uh, college. Where was that? France. Because oh, okay. I'm, I double awesome. majored in psych and French. And so I had always had... Um, my dad like was obsessed with France and race bikes for like six months in high school, um, there. So I was just always inspired and always thought it was cool. And I actually was named after Madeline, you know, the cartoon. Oh, no way. Oh, no way. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. They couldn't figure out what to name me. So they had like gone to a bookstore and saw like one of those cardboard cutouts and (laughs) added an extra E. Are you proud of that? Do you, do you stake a flag on it? Kind of. I think you should. Yeah, absolutely. Who didn't read Madeline, dude? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like our generation, like a yeah. millennial thing. But it's, like it's Clifford Madeline, and Madeline. Yeah, that was like the classics, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So when I studied abroad, I was living with my grandma at the time, and so I the whole reason I started a blog was to have something where she could read about my travels because you can't really call for free back home and so that's kind of how my blog started and when I got home I was like oh well I still want to keep writing because it's cool and then that was like kind of at the crux of my self-development journey I was like I'm just gonna write about how we can transform our life experiences to be something cool that works for us and I think yeah I was just in this relationship that didn't really serve me and I just started writing. And so I think from then all these timelines are happening like parallel. And so the blog had kind of, it just had been going for, I guess, a year or two. And I was like, dang, I just want to make it something more. And I think someone had told me that my voice seemed really good for podcasting. And so I was like, fuck it, let's do it. So then that's when that started in 2019. So going back to the knife bird timeline, COVID happened and I just was, I didn't, I don't think anyone knew what was going on, Mm-mm. but going back to the service industry, still, still, still <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But yeah, going back to the service industry and interacting with so many people while there's a pandemic happening just seemed it was overwhelming, yeah. overwhelming, inappropriate, mm-hmm. confusing. I didn't know what to do. And so I think like everybody kind of was just like, well, what am I going to do during this quarantine? And so I think also on another parallel timeline, I had started going to EDM shows in Memphis and I didn't really, I don't even remember when I started listening to EDM, but it wasn't that long ago. Olivia, my sister actually (laughs) introduced me. Shout out Olivia. Shout out Olivia. And so she actually influenced a lot of the stuff 
while she wanted to write trap music and DJ. And so she gets a MPK one Christmas. What? And I'm like, dude, let's learn it. Let's map it. Let's do all this. And she's like, no, I don't really want to. So like (laughs) that had kind of like been in my head. Yeah. And I think at that time, uh, Losha and Will had started throwing those shows and I guess I don't know I just I think I was probably newly single and I was just like fuck it I'm just gonna go dance by myself and that's like that's one of the other ways that I found myself too like just being on your own and listening to this music that's just so liberating and I was looking I was in the crowd one time and I remember so vividly I'm like what's stopping me from being able to do that myself and I feel like I've always known myself to be like a 98 percenter like i've never completed something i've never done something to the fullest i've never and i i was like that's the dreamer in you though for sure but like also the procrastinator and i'm like no this is i'm gonna learn how to do this and i'm gonna do it like it just seems so cool going back to that way of like being able to serve others and right, absolutely. empowering yourself to shift someone else's mood and perspective. And I was like, whoa. And music had never really been an influence in my life. Like That I'm is, not- I have to stop you there because <laughs> yeah. that's not true. You were responsible for the entire atmosphere and that playlist of these restaurants. <laughs> like you were DJing. Wow. That's and true. You I know it. A- you were serious about it full circle you were serious it's such an like it is you're like you're like the the proper bpm for a dining (laughs) room i'm like this is too slow we cannot play Nora jones right now that's awesome i forgot about that not only that but it was great (laughs) it was always like great music in the dining room like i was at the bar all the time i just don't who who, who makes the music That's so awesome. I just don't remember where that came from. Like, I don't. It was already in you. Sure. No, and that's what I'm realizing. Like, the farther I go down this journey is it was always inside me, but I didn't really ever have any musical influences. So, I don't think it was, like, something that I curated and established until, I don't know, five years ago. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that's funny that you bring that up because I kind of forgot about that. That's um, awesome. It's a skill. Yeah. It really is to, oh, to create sure. atmosphere like that in a place that, you know, it's just, it, there's no rules <laughs> there, but you got to figure them out Yep, because there is. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh yeah. Um, it's like, that was the most frustrating thing. I'm like, what are the rules? I'm a rule person. And they're like, oh, there are none. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I need something. That's important though, because I think that not only did you figure it out, but you were able to to navigate and and find your way within that. And kind of like you were talking about your independence and, and just going and doing things alone. Yeah, I'm a firstborn child, so that's mm-hmm. just part of me. Yeah, I got that go-getter. <laughs> firstborn. I'm with you. I'm the same yep, way. Same. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think that that's cool that you were able to, I guess, take the same approach in your profession and, and I think grow from that. I mean, that's I'm so weird. I'm like literally just having an epiphany right now of just how it's all related. I mean, it, Absolutely. And, and I realize oh, yeah. now like it all makes sense. Like, okay, I guess also my only influence that I had was I played clarinet and band in middle school. Nice. But I do now remember how intrigued I was by like all the drums and right. all the drum lines and like I never made it to high school band, but whenever I went to football games, I was just like, "Damn, this is so fucking sick!" Like mm-hmm. they're just drumming, but That's like awesome. now it makes sense. Right now, I get it. Now you're the one making the drums and exactly. making sure. the beats and Trying, doing the damn yeah. thing. Yes. So yeah, all that had happened. I realized that I wanted to start DJing, and I think I started on that MPK, and I was just like, "Okay, this literally has buttons." And I think I was trying to do it on virtual DJ and like the 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 levers for volume and. 
So then I ended up getting uh, a big controller, the DDJ SR2 on Facebook Marketplace. And I just would go home. I'd plug in like some stupid Apple headphones like into the controller and like... (laughs) I think it came with Serato. So that was a big help. Nice. And I would just like download stuff and just like do it on my own. So while I was at Knifebird, I was just doing that all the time. Um, and then I played my first show December of 2019. That was actually like the beginning of my manifestation journey because I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I like wrote it down that I would do it before the end of the year. And they say that the universe works like in the last hour so it's literally december 28 2019 wow. <laughs> so i was like oh my god like That's this is awesome wild where was the show i canvas heck yeah it was super nice. it was crazy i like practiced it like five times i like it was one of my first sets you know i don't know i didn't really know how to dj but i just was like okay i'll just play it That's in this order exactly. yeah just go do it yep. yeah it's hard knocks but that was crazy so then while like my journey at Knifebird was happening pre-pandemic, all this stuff with the DJing stuff was happening, I was like, well, I want to try to write my own music. Um, but yeah, so when the Knifebird thing fell through with pandemic, I was just like, I'm just going to work on my podcasts and work on this music thing. Being a presence. <laughs> yeah, just endeavor. Because you haven't, even, you haven't even talked yet, but you also... <laughs> In this process, I do have such a long journey. I'm sorry. No, no, no. This is great. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Um, I, love I love it. it. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was excited to talk to you because I know that it's just such a it's such it's it's a different conversation about about an artist and a DJ yeah. from Memphis and, and their journey. But you also somewhere along this timeline started at WYXR. Sure. Yeah. So um, local radio station. Shout out. Shout out. I love my WYXR family. Uh. Yes. Yeah, so um, all that stuff had happened. I don't really know how or why, but my friend that I knew from Bridge Builders in high school, it was like this program that you do that kind of, I guess, bridges the gaps between different cultures and different races, and which is perfect for Memphis. Interesting, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so I hadn't heard from him in forever. Shout out <laughs> JB. But he called me and he was like, hey, what do you think about playing for this radio station? And I think I just had a weird summer just like going through a lot of shit and I was just like, yeah, sure. Like I just, it just went over my head. I didn't really understand what that meant. And so, yeah, I, he was like, okay, cool. Well, you can have an hour on Monday nights and here we are. That's so cool. Uh, I remember when you announced that I was like, yes, Matto. (laughs) That was so fucking awesome. It was literally out of the blue. Of course, my imposter syndrome starts flying out of the closet. It's (laughs) like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What are you, what do you think you're doing I don't know. This is wild. It's just still wild. It's yeah. wild that I am on the radio. It's wild hearing my voice like do a little drop during someone else's radio show. I'm like in the car and I'm like, whoa, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like what reality did I fall into? Right. Right. So so where can what tell me about like what you're doing with your show on WYXR okay. and tell me when I can hear it and sure, where we can course. find it. Yeah. So um, if you haven't already heard about WYXR, it's the new awesome nonprofit community radio station. It's at 91.7 FM. And you can also listen to it online at WYXR.org. Another cool thing is actually they archive, I guess, like a month's worth of shows. Nice. So you can go back on there and go to the show that you want to listen to and listen 
to the whole hour. So, um, yes, I'm one of the many DJs that they invited to do it. It's completely volunteer. I don't get paid to do it. And my show is on Monday nights at 11 PM and I play for an hour. And so it's basically, um, so you're playing the music like that you have, like I'm playing EDM. Yeah. Incredible. Isn't that right? crazy? I, I, thought, I thought it was something else. But oh, no. I'll be okay. tuning into that. Not even one point. No, this my is anyways, It's so, so good. They've got so many yeah. different genres of music. They've got great talk. They've got... It's just It just stays live. It's community. It's Memphis yeah, made, exactly. so it's got to yeah. be good. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of great things happening here. So good. Yeah. So... Yeah, I thought it was weird because JB was like, yeah, I've been listening to your mixes on SoundCloud and I think it would be cool. He, I think in his own words, was he wanted to help facilitate new artists and new people that deserved recognition and spotlight mm -hmm. and use his platform to kind of facilitate that for us. I respect that. Which yeah, was such that. an I honor. Really <laughs> him thinking that I'm a new artists deserving spotlight but well here we are here we are right now and too i know y'all too you got, you shout got, out station more. eight right. <laughs> no so i do now we get to talk about the music yeah uh, definitely i don't know how long we're gonna live here it's time to talk about the music now but i have to say we've done i think like maybe six of these now yeah five yeah six. we just started the, the company in january but we've done six of these uh dj electronic artist performances and they've all been excellent but I thought it was really interesting because um, I think you've had the, mo the most unique approach to it in terms of just how you laid out your set. But not just that. Not, oh, not, just, not just the golden cowboy yeah. hat that you'll see <laughs> in the video. Not just that. But I just mean like it was so funny because I have it's been a while, but I have an idea of who you are and sure. like your music and how you conveyed it versus the other sets that I've obviously seen and been a part of. It was just I was like, that's totally her. That's awesome. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's music no, that yeah. like it wasn't anything that anyone right. else did. Like it was it was totally you. So I wanna dig deeper <laughs> into funny. that. It is. It was like flowers and stuff that you were talking about. Like you were like, flowers I love flowers. And glittery and shimmery. Like that's, that's what, what I, the music sounded like. Yay. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's why Absolutely. my radio show is called the Matto Experience, because actually my friends that have come to a show, a lot of people I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, I've never listened to EDM, but your set was so good. And like the fact that I could like take someone and pull them into this journey is like fucking wild to me. But mm -hmm. I called it the Matto experience and I realized it's like the Joe Rogan experience, but whatever. But it's like you come in and you go on this journey and you just go on all these places. Yeah. Like, so I want to hear about that. Like when you're, when you're making your sets and you're playing through your music, um, like how do you develop them? How do you mm. put them together? I mean, every week, is that right? Yeah. That's a I've lot to run together. through all my music. I mean, a lot of times, like since like I just download a lot of stuff that I'm interested in and like it all kind of has like a common flow. So it's not, I don't know. It just all works together somehow. So I just kind of just like put, 20 songs in a playlist around the same BPM and just, I'll just mix them. And like the radio is a little bit different. I treat it differently than complete like sets and shows just because I just play the entire song. And a lot of times when you're playing a set, you just play like the first drop or whatever. So it's a mm -hmm. little bit easier to mix on the radio and I'm not too hard on myself in that point, but curating a set, I guess. Mm. Well, I guess my intention is I've always, I don't know, it's probably just the way I look at it, but I've always thought like EDM might be a little abrasive or weird to people, especially down South. Like people don't know what mm -hmm. electronic music is. There. I mean, they do. <laughs> and I don't want to take that away from anyone like 
who's been like part of the Memphis EDM or rave scene, but I don't know. The maybe, culture at large is maybe not as aware of sure, that, that side yeah. of the coin. So I'm just really fair. aware of that. And I don't want someone to hear my set, just me like playing some really loud dubstep because that would just be like, uh, I don't no, want yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. So I just want to be really careful. And I feel like a good way to get a crowd like at a show is like to start off with something like good, like happy high vibe just kind of flowy good description get of what people, i experienced <laughs> yeah, with get your, people with in and then like they're like okay cool cool and then start like little by little getting weirder and heavier and weirder and heavier by, because by then they're kind of like locked in right. like they're enjoying it and they're, they're the like ride. they're a little right they're a little bit more open to hearing what i guess i have to show yeah. or like i don't yeah i just I don't know. I'm super self-aware and I don't know if it's like the Pisces in me that's like super attuned to like people's subtle responses and emotions, mm -hmm. but like I'm just really good at telling that between people. So I feel like that kind of translates through the music that's part. Not, that's just, we're just going back to college now. Like you started there, like just being aware. <laughs> right? I mean, it's all it's all a part of so it. So many full circles. For sure. Here. Well, and it's great. It's <laughs> just crazy it. realizing I mean, now I'm a more spiritual person, but like just realizing that it, it was all supposed to happen like this. Right. Like I was supposed to play stupid clarinet in middle school, <laughs> not to hurt anyone's feelings to play clarinet, but like I was just meant to go through all that stuff that I didn't understand or yep, part of the journey. I was supposed to bartend and hate my life. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's wild. Yeah. But builds character yeah, For in sure. a lot of ways. Like you're just enjoying sure. things. For sure. So when you what kind of you know production and music making have you done for yourself how has that been i know this is a newer endeavor hard yeah so <laughs> so how, hard and how, frustrating tell me about that piece of it because honestly i'll be honest like what i'm hearing now and this is almost kind of what i felt in interacting with you i know that this is a new endeavor but oh, yeah, i feel I'm like super it's, vulnerable and self-conscious but about it. but but i think that you're just at the very beginning sure like, and I, think, I have to remember that like mm -hmm. i have to and like it's really been such a blessing because what's actually cool is I was, when I started my podcast, I was like, yeah, well, I'm kind of starting this DJ thing. Like, who knows? And like, you mm -hmm. can actually like see my evolution through the DJ journey in my podcast, which wasn't intentional, but it ties a lot into like procrastination and perfectionism. And uh, there's this book called The Artist's Way. Have y'all ever read it? Mm -mm, it's mm -mm. like ties spirituality with art, basically the creator that created us or whatever we are also like that on a smaller scale. So like we are birthing these like perfection, mm -hmm. these creative things that, that are just inherently beautiful and perfect. And so I was having to reframe all of this frustration and angst and anger and like, and trying to write yeah. and dealing with all this stupid shit that sounded horrible and trying to reframe it to say, okay, well, this is also my art and it's perfect in its own way. So really learning to write music helped me like learn to have compassion for myself and kind of wow. beat this perfectionist that I've struggled with my whole entire life. That's awesome. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a really cool life lesson that music yeah. was able to teach you through that. And that's, I never, really cool. I never thought that it would happen this way. Right. Like I never imagined any of this stuff. Do you feel like you connect with music differently when you're going through the process of making something that has your name on it versus when you're taking the other music that you DJ and kind of t taking someone else's sounds and making it 
uh, be presented in a new oh, way? For sure. like, like what's the, what do you think the difference is there for you? Well, I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's just something that I was like unconsciously taught growing up. I just am so I'm working on it, but I'm so critical and judgmental of the things that I do. And I really am trying to overcome like this idea that everything I make is stupid. And like, I've just been like that my whole life. And it's something that this journey is kind of allowing me to transcend. And like, oh, people will be like, oh yeah, well, you got an A on your paper. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it seems so like narcissistic and I hate it. Like I hate it. But this journey has like taught me to be more proud. Like it was the most vulnerable thing playing those three songs that I wrote. I, I was about to set. say, I felt like when you came in, there was definitely like, Oh, I was, sense my ego and, was and like, awareness, but this is going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> the arms, the arms were up in the air though, like five minutes in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the nerves got it shook was, out, you know, that feeling you can't I mean, feel once your... you start playing someone else's music, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is very true. No, I you totally that. Like, I feel that. I, I felt the shift and just, you know, metaphorical to your journey, even in the music, just starting off and like, here we go. <laughs> and then five minutes later, it's so you know weird. Saying, sailing, yeah. You know, it was great. It was awesome to see. It was, yeah. it was very neat. But I'm actually like learning to be proud. Like that first song, like I wrote, like while like all those protests were happening for Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter and like the world seemed like it was going to shit. And like, I don't know. I'm still so new in my artistic journey, but I'm sure you just get inspirations like that. Oh, yeah. And just like, just like bust it out. And like, I don't know. I just, that song evokes a lot of feeling for me, even if it might not be perfect, but I'm learning to be proud of that. And like mm -hmm. one of my songs, I have like 1500 plays on SoundCloud yeah, and just I, the beginning. I don't awesome. understand how that happened. And like, I don't even think it's that good, but other people do. And it's also like realizing that it's not a, about what other people think. It's about what I think. Mm -hmm. So it's really just like this whole introspective journey of like, why do you think everything you make is horrible? Like, what does that mean? Right. Just, yeah. Uncovering sure. all these shadows, but I wouldn't change anything. That's awesome. How, how do you think you're able to take your own creativity, your own visions and all these things that you're talking about and, and coexist with other people in the same space? And like, is that comfortable? Like, and, and I mean, like when you play a show with other DJs and you're just starting, you're like, how many shows has it been so far? like two or three before I think three, three. So you're like beginning Plus that journey and like you're feeling that heat kind of like we talked about when you come in here, like, has it been uh, like related to anything in, in your past and how you connect with people or just other artists or whatever? Like when you get up to play your set and kind of those nerves go away and you're able to work with an artist like, like drew over here, you know, like, or, or whoever's playing the set with you, has that been a positive thing for you? Um, Hold on, we're gonna have to rephrase. That I know that's question. a lot of words. <laughs> I was like, uh, I guess. Uh, how does it feel to just share your creativity and be on scary. stage with other artists, but also realize that you're on the same stage? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's definitely imposter syndrome out the ass. But so for those of us that are ignorant and don't know what that oh, means, oh sure, um, yeah, imposter syndrome's like when you feel like the voice inside your head's like, what are you doing? You're not qualified to do this. You right. don't belong you're here. Not good enough. Yeah. You're yeah. not good enough. And oh, I know those feelings like, <laughs> fe like feeling like you are an imposter in whatever field you're in. Right. 
So like, and you maybe got lucky to get in these spots sure, or something. Yeah. But here's the thing: the definition of luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Sure. So if I you're prepared that. in those moments when opportunity strikes, you're a lucky person. You know what I'm saying? But it's preparation is key for all that stuff. And I think you put in the legwork Thanks. to present yourself because you care about opportunities. It. Yeah, you're obviously Absolutely. very passionate. I'll about never it. forget the moment. Like I was friends with Jess. Well, I still am friends with Jess, but um. She had been begging Losha to like let me play. And yeah. so at this one show, she's like, Hey, come here, you're gonna do a back to back the last fifteen minutes. And I had never done anything. I was like, What the fuck? Right. Like, like, oh shit. And I think he had queued it up and like I don't really think I did anything except press play. <laughs> but then the whole crowd's like, ah! Freaking out, man. I love it. And I was like, what the but I mean that just reminded me of what you said, like with the preparation and yeah. opportunity. And yeah. that was literally the intersection of exactly. both. And it's the it craziest thing how that works out. It really is, man. Yeah. I love that. I love it. So sharing the stage with other people, like when Drew Beats tells me that my songs are cool, like that makes me want to like faint and like disappear. <laughs> it's just it's just wild. <laughs> it's wild like having someone so established and like perceived to be good at what they do tell you things that don't really align with your what you're telling your inner, yourself your inner monologue sure yeah. and like that's been a whole thing that i've realized i guess these past couple of years just figuring out like well these people aren't crazy like they they know what they're talking about right like maybe you should my face every single right, time they see me <laughs> right 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 so i mean learning to i guess step into my power and step into realizing that i am deserving of the stage just as much as they mm -hmm. are has been like part of the journey yeah have you does that answer your question uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> have you yeah. have you connected with anyone that you don't feel like you would have otherwise you know in this process of just generating media content and putting yourself out there just met people along the way you've already mentioned a few people like you know wyxr and all yeah, that yeah yeah uh no pressure you know i'm just curious memphis is such a weird city and how we all know one another i mean i'm i i do like a back-to-back -back kind of show with dj spanish fly he's mm -hmm. like the godfather of hip-hop and rap in memphis and so he does a set after me on mondays and he like always comes in he's like damn girl like your should be bumping and i'm just like <laughs> yes the fact that I this og right. tells me that something i'm doing is cool yeah it's like the same thing it's like what yeah. where am i yeah, and like exactly it's just yeah it's definitely making me reconsider everything i think <laughs> well you gotta take those small victories and ride the wave of them because that's that's in my life that's what i have to do you know because sure. it's so hard to just keep staying motivated over time and yeah. but when you have that moment when you're like wow someone really like appreciates this like okay i'm inspired i'm gonna right. i'm gonna do it you know i'm right. gonna get on this song i'm gonna work on this mix like you gotta take those opportunities and seize those opportunities in my life and i feel like that's important for other people you know i think so but that's awesome i love that yeah not only that Thanks. though i think you have to going back to what you were talking about it's important to when you have those experiences and you do put yourself out there to take pride in that and and oh, be absolutely. proud of that moment yeah, and, and i think i think that there's a moment in time in which to be proud and feel great and you shouldn't live in that moment but you should also feel it and let it pass and right. i think a lot of people talk like themselves out of permanent mm -hmm. like it's okay to be good at something and feel the, the greatness of that and, and experience that in the moment but it doesn't define you it's a part of you and I think learning how to distinguish those things, you know, is important because one, you don't want to get too far on the side of the fence of I'm excellent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you also don't want to I'm be Brett frustrated Max. with yourself. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to be frustrated with yourself and, and 
you know, that can be discouraging and, and not, you know, there's a lot of reasons to not do it. There's a lot of reasons to stop yourself from sure. putting yourself out there. And it's just important to embrace the good things, you know, yeah. it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Buddhism has helped me there too. Like just remembering everything and everything is impermanent and like emotions are just kind of just, if you're a mountain, the emotions are like clouds and they can be there, but they're going to leave. And I think that's really helped me be humble on this journey too. Yeah. Just not live in that pride. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I did, I did a little bit of, of digging. I'll be honest. I listened to your most recent podcast. And, the spring and, uh, forward yeah, one. Yeah, spring forward, and it was it was cool to to he- hear hear the vulnerability from you, which anyone listening needs to absolutely check out the podcast because Thanks. no, it's cool to see someone just be be real and honest because this last year, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but not yeah. just that, but you know, winter is hard in a way. Anyway, um, you yep. know, a lot of times in the south, and this one just felt in, like it lasted forever. Yeah, I and think it was that weird snowstorm. Yeah, yeah, it was intense, and yeah, there's a lot of crazy things happening. Um, but again, it goes back to you know the environments that we've been in, especially this last year. There's a lot of reasons not to be making things and putting yourself out there. And it was just cool to hear you break that down and also Thanks. be optimistic in how, you know, you're going to move forward with, yeah. within it and, and look past it and be patient with yourself and understanding, you know, your limitations of energy and what you have to give, but also make the space to create it so that you can give it. Right. You know, that's a special, you know, self-awareness, you know, to, to do that and, and have that patience. And I don't know, that's not what our society really preaches. Right. Well, and I think uh, that's know. just like a whole motivating factor of my podcast too, is just like, for some reason being authentic and vulnerable is easy for me or I guess has become easier for me. And so I just feel like everyone should feel like they're safe enough to do so as well. Mm-hmm. So I just want to be an inspiration for others to be authentic because I think that's where cool shit happens. Absolutely. I love that. You have your, I think associated with that, you have your Patreon too, right? Yeah. That's yeah. That's all I of s- your media content, right? Yeah. I kind of did like a, side project of the podcast um i mm-hmm. guess how i had been thinking about how to monetize it so mm-hmm. for my patreon you can do there's an extra episode each week and um i got my mom and sister to help me design like art for these postcards so i just like do they have flowers on them they're this month's dead <laughs> good yes. it's like watercolor tie-dye disappointed if when it's didn't. all done for me i'm retiring <laughs> and i'm opening the flower shop flower who's shop. gonna be mad when they have to go to work at the flower shop <laughs> People who hate flowers. Okay. <laughs> Shoot me down. Shoot they me exist. down. <laughs> no, it. no, I'm just being no, I'm real. A um, well, too honest, okay? Um, you could do Brett, Brett Max's flower patch. Bread Max patch. Okay, forget it. Next Max, pa- Max, Max patch is a really That's, cool place. I was about to say, North Carolina. North Carolina. It's, a really Carolina. Camp, it's beautiful way. up there. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so I heard a little bit about that, but what do you think... Um, what do you think you're out of everything you've done? I mean, it's it, it, a lot of this is new, newer journeys for you, but what do you, what do you think you're most proud of so far? It could be anything from college to the service industry, to music, way to, to leave creation. the hardest question for the last. <laughs> oh, we're not. We're See, it's like, started. it's I'm like such a challenge for me to say the answer to this because I don't know, but you always don't have um, to. I mean, probably my podcast, uh, that's that that's a bold undertaking. Yeah. It really is to put yourself and also I was super impressed because you did it castaway style. Castaway style. It was just you. Oh yeah. It was one person. I mean, I love talking. having guests, but yeah. 
It was no, it was great. Fair enough. So the pod, <laughs> the podcast, I don't know. I think that that is great. And by the way, anyone listening, it'll be right below us. It'll be wherever yeah, you find this, you'll find it. Embrace the madness. Cool. Spotify and beyond all on, all streaming and beyond. Platforms. Yep. Cool. Awesome. And um, I want to get everything else, but uh, I want to know before we we're talking about finishing up. I want to know what twenty twenty one plans. Like you're you're a fan <laughs> Survive. of you're you're, <laughs> you're a fan of of the uh, the metaverse, the multiverse, the parallel universe. Like you know, in a perfect world, when you envision your perfect universe that you're operating within, what would that be for twenty twenty one? Playing a festival. Easy love answer. Love that. Easy answer. Easy. You came right out with it. You already knew. You were like, "This is what I want to do." I yeah. mean, I've been learning to get really clear on what I want, and then it's easier to. I got you. By it. the way, I love that. I love that for a festival. You got me. Memphis Mushroom Festival. Oh shit! It's coming up this year. It's gonna be four shit. days. They they bought Shelby Forest for oh like my five God. days, fifty thousand acres, and they're having a massive mushroom festival. Hey, and we're gonna be doing some stuff on it soon. So more to come. That was just a little sneak peek for those that are listening. But well, um, ask and you shall receive. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, it's it's gonna be great. It really yeah. is. There's a lot of it's really great, really cool. um, yeah, backing for it, and I think it's really important for the region honestly to, to deliver the message of you know what that can provide for people mm-hmm. um but all right last question for real this time okay how do you think being in memphis this is all about memphis this is the sure. home podcast this is all things 901 so how do you think being in memphis has influenced you know just your whole journey in a way um i think probably in little ways that i never really realized in the moment i do remember listening like I would drive around with my aunt when I was younger and we'd have like 97.1 like blasting all the time. Shout out to my aunt for probably introducing me to, I mean, my parents never would have listened to like rap or hip hop. And so she was always the one who was like, always had it playing. And I think just from a young age, like that was always in the back of my head. So, I mean, for sure, just the artists and the people and the culture that's here and doing what they were meant to do to create all these little moments for me. And I think really just being in a place where it's just so raw. And Mm -hmm. so like, just like socioeconomic things, racial things, just everything's just here in your face. And I think that just kind of teaches you to be open-minded and to Appreciate. appreciate differences and, just appreciate all these things and appreciate the different walks of life and appreciate. I mean, I know the Grizzlies are grit and grind, but I mean, literally like that's Memphis. It's baby. super <laughs> Memphis. That's the reason like, why, you know, that's the reason exactly. why. Exactly. But I mean, yeah, just it's kind of like another parallel for authenticity and just people are who they are and they're for the most part unapologetic. And I think that's really inspirational. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool that, our whole city is founded on that. And if you go somewhere else, it's, I don't know, more cookie cutter or mm-hmm. not as vulnerable. And yeah, we out to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, one, I, baby. Think, I think that's a, a perfect way to wrap this <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, that was so, awesome. Um, yeah, I got to end it. I got to, I got to tell you again that we really, really appreciate you coming yeah, out I'm and so not just sitting down and for talking y'all. with this, but the, set, the set, it was great. Was we can't Thank wait you. to put Thank it out. You so much. People listening to this, um, will be able to find it on our YouTube channel for the hum, which is a platform that we're trying to build to support local artistry. People like Maddo here, by the way, Maddie, Madeline Maddo, <sighs> what's the name these days? Uh, some people, yeah, everyone starts calling me Maddo now, but Madeline, All right, so we're Madeline stop or there. Maddo. Maddo, where can we find you on social media and beyond? Where can we find your podcast? And remind us again, 
this is a lot, where we can find your radio show. <laughs> yes, so I'll start with the radio. Check out WYXR 91.7 FM. My show is on Monday nights at 11 p.m. And you can also listen at WYXR.org. And then you can also find me on SoundCloud. I'm pretty sure Matto probably gets lost in the mix, but the it's soundcloud.com slash Mad Matto, M-A-D-M-A-D-O. I think you'll have a link, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and then... Uh, well, also, you'll you'll have uh, your After Dark set that you can put on your SoundCloud. Sure. Yes, yeah. I will. Mm-hmm. And then the Instagram's uh, M-A-D-0, the number zero, base, B-A-S-S. And I'm pretty sure it's on Facebook that way, too. And then if you are interested in self-development and personal growth, then my podcast is called Embrace the Madness. And you can find that on really anywhere you listen to your podcast. But if you just type it in on Spotify or Apple, you'll find it. I found it. Love hey, it. it's like a right. bright yellow. Yes. Well, uh, well, cheers, Matto. Cheers, Drew. Yeah, thanks cheers. for coming in. Thank you all so much. I appreciate everything you're doing for our city. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Peace. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you want to check out any of our other content, you can visit our website at station8productions.com or our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash station8productions. Thanks.